So yesterday mm-hmm. I came home. Cassie worked very little over the week. Mm-hmm. They were just super slow. So she was home early every day. One day she was even off entirely. Oh, wow. I come home yesterday. It's a Friday. Happy day. She's worked <laughs> a short day. Yeah. So she should be over the moon. And then the day was over and I'm home and she's home. Everybody's home. It's Friday, the weekend. Woo. Party. Party. Not happy. She just weird fucking mood. Mm-hmm. Couldn't figure out why. <laughs> <laughs> so I confront her about it in the mm-hmm. car mm-hmm. on the way to go get our new toys. Yeah. Which we are currently recording on yes. right now. Very excited. Very. Yeah. And she goes, no, I'm fine. Why? I was like, I'm not in a mood. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, you seem off. Mm-hmm. You seem down, off, kind of distant, mm-hmm. not excited about all of the things that I just listed. Off early, it's Friday, this weekend started. Everybody, mm-hmm. woo! We got new podcast stuff. Yeah. Podcast stuff, audio. <laughs> what is this called? Mic and yeah. audio. What's that? Recorder. Re- yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Over the moon. Over the she moon. She should be over the moon. Should be. So we come home. She goes in to tinkle. Mm-hmm. And just yells, son of a bitch, <laughs> from the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, oh, this all makes sense now. <laughs> so she started her period mm-hmm. and her mood. It explained. Very much related. <laughs> Good on you for picking that up, though. <laughs> but I didn't because I did Because like, I was like, what the fuck is your problem? <laughs> I do. I keep it on calendar at work, but the last couple of months I forgot to mark it. And then it's a new year. I haven't gotten a new calendar, so I didn't have it marked. <laughs> but we have it marked mystery. now. <laughs> she doesn't keep track of her own period. I keep track of her period for her. I don't even have one anymore, but I keep track of her period for her. <laughs> That's what partners do. I didn't keep track of mine when I had it. <laughs> Seth? <laughs> Get on it. Start writing it down. <sighs> so Cassie was crying on the toilet? Yeah. Yeah, so what she a- yells, son of a bitch. And uh, I go, oh, oh, that's what it is. And then she just started crying about everything. <laughs> but mostly how she really fucking wanted cookies. Oh, <laughs> That's the saddest story I've ever heard. Don't worry. We got her cookies. She got oh, all nice. of the cookies. Where'd you get them? The New Seasons cookie bar. Oh. Yeah. So we went there and she got a whole bunch of different types of cookies. One that tasted like soap. Ew. What was it? Was it? a lavender I shortbread gonna, cookie. I was going to say, was it like floral, like rose or lavender? We're just sitting there and she just goes. <coughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what is your problem? And she's like, it's, it's like so. <laughs> so. What a weekend. She got her, she got her cookies. Stopped we, crying we on figured, the toilet. We stopped crying on the toilet. We figured out what her problem was. <laughs> got it marked on the so calendar. Many, we have marked everything. So many mysteries solved. Problem solved yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All by cookies. God bless. But mostly me. And Danny. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, everybody. Hello. 
This, this is, is That Broad's Got Moxie. <laughs> I'm Kiana. I'm Danny, your new host. Because <laughs> last week, Cassie was fired. Yeah. <laughs> she's no longer with us. No, she's dead. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! I've been working on my old man laugh. <laughs> That was shady bitches. That was was perfect because you were doing it, but also she's doing it. And so it was like, oh my God. (laughs) So much wheezing happening. (laughs) Who are you going to cover this week, Danny? I am here. Just going to put my mic back in my new stand. (laughs) God damn it. I can't believe you made fun of my laugh. <laughs> that was <She's>... unscripted. <laughs> None of this is <laughs> It's done. It's all it's all just fucking whatever mm-hmm. comes into our brains. Hello everyone. This is Cassie. Mm-hmm. She was rehired. I was rehired just now. I was told Danny was throwing some fucking shade, so I <clears throat> Came back. We conducted an exit interview and decided <laughs> decided we should keep her around. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's my wife. <laughs> Claiming I'm and- dead. That was unexpected. <laughs> <laughs> and then in your death, mocking you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, true love. <laughs> Anyway, it's what is it? Epi- it's episode fifty-two. Mm-hmm. I'm big, going first. Big five-two. Fifty-two I'm, weeks in a year. So that's right. Technically, this is you know this should be our one. It should year. be our one year, but because we dropped three episodes in our first episode, you I, know, yeah. When excuse me, three <laughs> three episodes the first day we dropped any episodes, so we're a little behind, but. Mm-hmm. So don't get hysterical yet. Don't celebrate. Yeah. That's two years later. Two years. <laughs> two weeks. Yeah. So February 19th is officially our one year anniversary. Also, I would like to apologize very quickly to everyone who's listening. I have a sinus thing right now. So I'm a little, I'm a little more. <laughs> <laughs> uh gravelly is that what you said this morning i'm a little mm. more a little a little rougher on the edges this morning That's but it. i have my almost gone cup of tea i did some vocal warm-ups oh sharpe you've never seen high school musical I really- <laughs> <laughs> i'll take back that reference real quick Whoop. Is this how you felt making Monty Python references last yeah, week? A little bit. A little bit. Except you were both pretty friended when I said Kniggets. So. I don't know why you would say it again. <laughs> Shut up. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Yes, I sang uh, some songs from Greece this morning. Oh. You know, Chang Chang, Changity Chang Jibop. Will always be. Wow! <laughs> <Whoa>. Yeah! <laughs> what a musical. 
What a good musicals oh, are good. Yeah, they are. We talk about them a lot. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Episode 52. Mm-hmm. So I'm going mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. I would like to preface this and kind of like explain my why I chose this person. I have been having a fucking crisis with <laughs> the world as a whole. Oh, yeah. Um, And I am just I'm incredibly devastated by, well, you know, all the terrible things that are happening in the world right now, especially Australia being on fucking fire. Yeah. The whole thing. It's devastating. Donated money. I've been trying to, like, spread the word on our Instagram as much as possible. Mm-hmm. But it's been very distressing to me. And so I was like, I'm going to do someone from Australia. I wanted to do uh, like a native Aboriginal woman Mm -hmm. who has an incredible story. And that's how I came to this person. I'm ready to hear about it. Okie dokie. So also... If anybody else is having a hard time in mm-hmm. with the world right now, mm-hmm. just make sure to like take care of yourself, drink some water. <laughs> <laughs> think I don't want to sound stupid, but like think happy thoughts. Like just take care of yourself yeah. and do do whatever you need to do for yourself to try and stay positive or be helpful mm-hmm. and just, you know, be kind because the world is on fire. Yeah. And it can be really confusing, like, yeah, trying to come to grips with things that are out of your control. Mm-hmm. And I really encourage people to get educated and see, like, absolutely, why Australian politicians aren't being as on it as they should be. Exactly. And where, you know, profit, as it mm-hmm. always comes in, has been an effect on the Australian fires. And yeah. yeah. Sorry to bring it down real quick, but... <laughs> Yes. Educate. <laughs> take care of yourself. This has been a confusing episode. We didn't start with both of us. It has been. We were real high, then we were real we're, low. We're taking you guys on an emotional roller coaster today. So you felt on the toilet. I oh my god. I I I just broke. I was just sitting there and just <laughs> tears. Oh can't. See. But you know, that's not surprising. I cry about everything. So. That's true. <laughs> CGI fish. <laughs> okay. So, the person I'm talking about today is known as Mum Cheryl. Okay. Okay. And my, what are these things called? References? Sources. Thank you. Either one works. Yeah. They do. My bibliography. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Because I notice I'm really bad at saying my sources. I use great sources and then forget to talk about them all the time. So that's something I'm working on. Um, so I used her book, a book that she wrote. It's called Mum Cheryl, an Autobiography um, by uh, Shirley Smith, which is her name. And the assistant writer who actually, like, uh, Shirley Smith dictated it. And mm-hmm. so Roberta okay. Sykes is the writer who actually, like, put it together. Yeah, that name sounds really familiar. Roberta Sykes? Yeah. Oh. I'd never heard of her. Her She also goes, she goes by Bobby Sykes. You're going to do a quick Google search? Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. Okay. Roberta Sykes is a poet. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's incredible. Well, she helped, she helped Mom Cheryl write her book. Nice. I also used just a, just a splash of Wikipedia. I didn't really use it, but I read through it. Mm -hmm. And then an article called Australian Aborigines Have Fiery Champion in Mum Sherl by Henry Cam. And that was a New York Times article from 1977, oh. which I thought was really <laughs> cool. And another one called She Gave You Hope, Artists Honor the Black Saint of Redfern. And that was by Laura Chung for the Sydney Morning Herald. And that was just like last year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Here we go. Colleen Shirley Perry Smith, better known as Mum Sherl, was born November 22nd, 1921 in New South Wales, Australia. Mm-hmm. So she's a Scorpio, just barely, but she, but she is. Um, she's cusp. She's on the cusp. Her parents, Isabel and Joseph, and her, I think she had at least six siblings. Mm-hmm. It was kind of hard to... <laughs> Keep track of them all, but I think there were six. There might have been eight. <laughs> so Isabel, Joseph, all of her siblings, some we'll just say seven average. <laughs> and her <laughs> Um, they were part of the We're a Jury. We're We're a Jury community, which is the largest group of Aboriginal people in New South Wales. Hmm. And they all lived on a mission called Irambi. So just a little like we're gonna I'm gonna put you where we're at in history mm-hmm. right now. So racism towards the Aboriginal people has been a huge problem in Australia since the first English colonizers arrived and started doing their colonizing thing. Yeah. So this is right after World War One in the early 1920s. There was this thing called the Aboriginal Protection Board. That was started. And that was meant to ease the tensions of racism and, quote, fix Aboriginal problems. Okay. Okay. So, we know what missions did when they came to the United States with Mm -hmm. those settlers and colonizers. And so, basically, they kind of did the same thing. They took a bunch of families and took a whole bunch of children away from their families mm-hmm. and place them in they're essentially these like white training camps yeah right these, re-education these institutions for re-education that they called missions they were run by these you know by catholic missionaries etc mm-hmm. the belief was that if they took the children away from the families which are the quote problems mm-hmm. right that those problems would eventually go away yeah it's cultural genocide. Exactly. Exactly. However, obviously, we know that doesn't work. That's not how that happens. Mm-hmm. And so this particular generation of children uh, was known as the stolen generation. They went on to have a lot of problems with abuses of, of various kinds. Yeah. They weren't good places to be. They were really bad places. (laughs) They were they were not good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's where we're at in history. Also, Aboriginal people 
were not considered citizens, I think, until like 1967. Mm -hmm. So not a lot of rights. Yeah. No, no, there weren't there weren't a lot of voices speaking for these people. Yeah, because they weren't allowed to. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) All right. So. Also, so her name is, she goes by Shirley Smith as her, like, legal name. But I'm going to call her Mom Cheryl because that's what she's known by almost her whole life. Mm. Okay. So Mom was diagnosed with epilepsy at a young age. Mm. And her condition made going to school and attending class very difficult. Being a, quote, fit thrower, Mm. which I thought was kind of... Terrible. But seizures are. Yeah. Fits. Just fits. Um, I am a fit thrower. Like, if no, we're being perfectly not. honest, I don't oh. have seizures, but I do throw fits all the time. In this case, the only person I know who's a fit thrower, I guess two people, is Sage, Sage. and my grandpa. <laughs> They're fit throwers. That's not funny. That's, it's not. Epilepsy really, is a bummer. Yeah. And it's seizures not, are scary. Yeah, they are. They're very scary. <laughs> Sorry, so that's, Sage. We're not, we're, not make, we're not trying to make light of the situation. I we're just not. thought fit thrower. <laughs> if, <laughs> if you want um, more about seizures, listen to the Dr. Asima Chatterjee episode. That's right. Thank you. Uh-huh. Very good plug. And add. You guys should for pay our, me. For our own episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so having this condition was a constant source of stress for both mom and the like her family and the other people around her. Mm-hmm. Uh, people didn't want to be left alone with her, lest Aww. she have a seizure, because yeah. it is very scary. Been there, done that. Like mm-hmm. it's 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 very it's very alarming to be like, what is happening? Yeah, you know, like any emergency. But also she feared, like, being left by herself for that same reason. She was like, I don't know what the fuck to do when this happens and I'm by myself. So she was excluded from, you know, a normal education. Mm -hmm. And although she eventually learned the alphabet, um, she never learned to read or write proficiently. Mm. Um, However, she was no dummy. And she learned plenty from her grandfather. So I'm going to call him Grandpa Dan. <laughs> his na- his name is Daniel Boney, but oh. I liked Grandpa Dan. Boney M. Bo- <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Mary's boy child. Um, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> was born on Christmas. <laughs> Because of you, that song is becoming my favorite Christmas song. It makes me laugh so hard. It's so good. And for those of you... Okay, hold on. There was some visual humor that just happened. <laughs> there was. We have new microphones, mm-hmm. as we said earlier. And they're like singing mics. Yeah. And we have them on mic stands. And I just... She re- she took it out of the mic stand <laughs> and really looked like she was just going to do her own do her own thing over there. She's going to solo it up. I'm ready for it. My new album dropping in 2021. Solid. <laughs> Good. Give yourself some time to work on yeah, it. Yeah, I needed to. <laughs> okay. So Grandpa Dan, um, he was very wise and also very patient with mom. He taught her everything he knew, including his knowledge of the land, plants, and animals. 
and 16 different Aboriginal languages. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. That's I was like, lot. I'm sorry, 16? <laughs> Jesus. Damn, so, Grandpa Dan. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> um, her siblings were always jealous that she was his favorite. And of course, that delighted her. <laughs> <laughs> Don't hate me because you ain't me. (laughs) So when mom was six years old, Grandpa Dan was kicked out of the mission. I don't know why. Probably Um, because he was teaching 16 different Aboriginal languages. That could be. Cultural genocide Um, camp. (laughs) (laughs) Might be it. (laughs) Shrugs. Um, so he's kicked out. So he's like, all right, cool. So he went to Sydney, built a big house, and then mom went to live with him. Mm, nice. So, and eventually, like slowly but surely, they all kind of trickled out of the mission and ended up all, you know, kind of back in this big house together. All right. So she grows up with her grandpa and now she's a teenager. And like any other young hormone fueled girl, mm-hmm. mom and her girlfriends would like go to football games soccer games Mm -hmm. and boxing matches (laughs) in the hope of meeting eligible young men Mm -hmm. at 16 she met a handsome professional boxer named cecil hazel he was known by his fighting name darcy smith he was a real knockout i'm not gonna comment (laughs) on that (laughs) why i don't know because his name cecil what's his name Cecil cecil hazel is such a cool name. Right? Why would That's you That's what I thought. <laughs> why would you change it to Darcy, Darcy Smith? I don't know why he changed it. I think he should have stayed with Cecil Hazel. <laughs> Cecil Hazel is a cool name. Yeah. That's the name of a boxer. It sure is. Darcy is just that guy from Pride and Prejudice. He's a real fucking bummer too. Yeah. Mhm. And also Smith? Yeah. Boring. Yeah. Sorry anybody named Darcy Smith. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it'd be they can admit it, too. They can. Cecil Hazel is a cool name. It is very cool. <laughs> so Darcy and Mum soon decided to get married. And from his, like, fight winnings, because he was good at what he did, mm-hmm. they were able to afford, like, this big, beautiful wedding. I'm backtracking on the name thing. Okay. <laughs> because I assume he's very good at boxing because I underestimated him. They, what, another, their <laughs> opponent would go into the match and be like, Darcy Smith, I'm not going to have a hard fight. Right. Underestimated. Cecil Hazel comes out, boom, beats the shit out of it. That's right. Pays for their wedding. Oh, uh, diabolical. What a man. <laughs> <laughs> I love the strong feelings you have about this. Oh, gosh. So good. Big, beautiful, gorgeous wedding. And that dream wedding was apparently one of the highlights of her life. Mm. Made her very happy. So then the couple started a family. Wanted or otherwise, I'm not sure. (laughs) (laughs) Because they're still very young. Okay. And he had his boxing career. He was a couple years older than her. So I'm not sure if it was like, let's start a family. Or Mm -hmm. if it was like, let's start a family. (laughs) I know a um, lot of people who are accidents who are really great. Like you. Yeah. <laughs> <Me> included. <laughs> you're not an accident. You're an oops. <laughs> Please. <laughs> Brenda. Brenda, you know that's a lie. 
been <laughs> quit trying to save my feelings. I already know. Yeah, I wasn't wanted. <laughs> okay. So mom's first pregnancy, unfortunately, ended with a miscarriage because oh. she had a really, really bad seizure. Um, oh. But shortly after that, mom was pregnant again. And with some special attention from a lovely female doctor, the two welcomed their healthy daughter Beatrice into the world. Hmm. Darcy continued his boxing career and for the next couple years continued to tour and do fights and stuff, Mm -hmm. which left mom with the support of her female family members to raise Beatrice by herself. So she did this until until Beatrice was about three Mm-hmm. But by then, with Darcy gone all the time, the couple had kind of grown apart, and he came back, began living with his family in another city, and also fearing that, like, her seizures and her own health conditions were putting Beatrice at risk. Mm. Oh, with- so he took? Yeah. Oh. So she, she he didn't take her. Mom sent Beatrice to live with Darcy and his family. Okay. And so he also got to be part of her life because he hadn't for, a, you know, mm-hmm. the first couple years of her life. All right. So after Beatrice went to live with her father, Mom Cheryl decided to look for a job. She had always had difficulty finding, like, stable employment because of, you know, because of her ep- epilepsy. Um, however, she landed a position at the Argent's Box Factory. Making boxes? Probably. Question mark? I don't know. But it was a good job because the manager had been known for hiring Aboriginal women mm. and actually paid fair wages. Oh, nice. Okay. So, which was fucking unheard of. <laughs> yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> unheard of. Yeah. So she's I th- at this point. So she was born in 1921. So I think at this point it's the early, you know, it's the 40s. Mm-hmm. Women are starting to get into the workforce, mm-hmm. and being an Aboriginal woman did not put her high up on the list because mm-hmm. of racism um, and sexism, obviously. But she got this great job, and now her schedule is starting to fill up. With her work shifts, as well as going to see her younger brother, Lori, in prison. He had been arrested for, I think it was for breaking and entering. He was serving his time. And so, Mum, like, always, he was he was her closest and dearest little brother. So she always made an effort to go see him and visit him. She gave him much needed hope and emotional support while he was there. He believed many of his fellow inmates would also benefit from talking to his lovely older sister. Mm-hmm. He was like, you know, you're just so great. Mm-hmm. You should go talk to these mm-hmm. other guys. Like, <laughs> they need to chill the fuck out and have someone to care about them a little bit. Yeah. Uh, so she did. She would chat with anybody about anything. She was a great listener and even organized for prisoners to have access to musical instruments, Hmm. which I thought was fun. Yeah. When guards asked her about her relationship to these other inmates, she simply said, I'm their mum. Hence her endearing (laughs) nickname. Aw, that's really good. Isn't that so sweet? That was, I think, when I was searching, I just 
typed in like important aboriginal women mm-hmm. you know a list of five or six came up and i read little blurbs about them and i read that and it just was so heartwarming mm-hmm. she just she touched so many people's lives by just being there yeah like you know obviously she went on to do like really really important things but she got this incredible nickname and people just felt so loved and listened to Mm. and i really like that and so that's why that's how we arrived here so then eventually Lori was released but mom continued her volunteer work this is a quote from a man named Gordon Siren, who was a prisoner that she would go and visit all the time. Quote, she was a big lady and gave it to them pretty straight. She gave you a lot of hope. When you're a prisoner, especially when you're doing life, hope is important. Um, he'll come back around later in the story. Okay. Okay. So during this time, Mum was given special access passes to visit inmates this is like the first and only time that this has ever happened. Yeah. That's really great. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was, it's probably cause it was working. Like exactly. Like if the whole idea of prison is rehabilitation, mm-hmm. then these visits and her going and talking to them was clearly doing something because they let it continue. Yeah. You know? And gave her a special pass. Exactly. Yeah. The, Police in Newtown and the Child Welfare Department also came to rely on her to assist them in court cases involving the Aboriginal community. From speaking on behalf of juvenile delinquents to finding appropriate care for endangered children, Mum's help was incredibly significant. With those fucking 16 languages, mm-hmm. she helped facilitate all these things and gave a voice to people who would otherwise not have one mm-hmm. into the 1970s. Mum Cheryl became involved in the political activism in a city called Redfern. Her work included helping to establish the Aboriginal legal service, the Aboriginal medical service and the Aboriginal tent embassy. During this time, Mum Cheryl also rented a number of houses for her own family and for a group of unmarried mothers. Uh, she helped raise over 300 children. Oh, wow. And, like, fostered and cared for 60 mm-hmm. on her own. Oh, my God. 60 kids? Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. She fostered, she fostered 60, maybe more. But... In this, like, community Mm -hmm. of homes that she's renting for these families and for these young mothers helped raise over 300 children, excuse me, and grandchildren. Mm -hmm. Okay. And she encouraged the children in her care to go to school so that they could grow up to become activists as well. Oh. Yeah. She also helped open and volunteered at the Redfern Office of Youth and Community Service, which was a center that provided food for homeless people in Redfern. So this is just a fun little anecdote that I put in there. So mom, at one point, took a group of children with disabilities. She's a fucking saint is what this woman is. Mm -hmm. She takes them to see a Neil Diamond concert (laughs) in Sydney. (laughs) Because what? Australians love Neil Diamond. 
Is that true? Australia, let us know. I think so. <laughs> this is not the first time I've ever heard a story about Neil Diamond in Australia and how much people love him. I don't even know who Neil Diamond is. He sings like Sweet Caroline. Oh. And okay, well then I do know who that man Rocky is. Rocky Mountain High. Okay. No. no. That's John Denver. Oh, John yeah. fucking Denver. Sorry. <laughs> I know who that is. Yeah. I've never known who's who sang Sweet Caroline. That Neil Diamond. You're welcome. He wears bedazzled suits. He's got he's got like wavy feathered Farrah Fawcett hair. Look. I mean, he probably doesn't anymore, but once upon a time. Who is this man? I love him. <laughs> You'll love him even more after I tell you about this story. So, she takes these children, go see Neil Diamond. However, when they arrived, she found out that the tickets were completely <gasps> sold out. So, Neil Diamond found out about this. And he was very upset. And decided to invite her to Las Vegas, whole thing paid for, mm -hmm. to come and see his show because she deserved it. Oh, With the kids or without the kids? I think without the kids because there were cocktail parties oh. involved. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Neil. Uh-huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> oh, Mr. Diamond. <laughs> Which is hilarious. Mom didn't want to go, though. Oh. But she was like, I guess I will. But when she got there, she didn't like having to attend the cocktail parties. <laughs> Which... Don't know why, because it sounds like a blasty blast to me. <laughs> and she was appalled by the conspicuous consumption. Because, fun fact, mom was never, she could never drink. Oh, yeah. Period. End of story. Out of the question. Because of all, you know, her medications and all that stuff. So mm -hmm. she could never drink. So she was like, oh, what is all this? <laughs> Just sit down have some juice. <laughs> some juice, yeah. Her favorite part of the trip was staying with some Catholic priests in San Francisco on her way home. Because Catholics know how to party. <laughs> it's a true story, though, let me tell you. <laughs> they have wine every Sunday. Did you she know? She doesn't like drinking. I know that, but I like Catholics for that reason. Is that why you married one? <laughs> You the have non-practicing non Catholic. Yeah, we don't non drink wine ever because neither of us like it very much. Anyway, this has devolved. <laughs> Most of <laughs> this right. podcast, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Catholics know how to party. So then, in I think it was seventy-five, when Mother Teresa visited Australia. She went because she wanted to meet mom. Mm. And they then had, they, so they got together, had a little brunch at her home parish in Redfern. Fucking Mother Teresa <laughs> came to Australia and was like, all right, somebody get mom on the phone. We're going to have, we're going to do mm -hmm. lunch. We're going to do, do some matriarchal snacking. That's, <laughs> that's the name of this <laughs> podcast. <laughs> matriarchal <laughs> snacking. I like it. All right. Where am I? In 1977, she was made a member of the Order of the British Empire. And in 1985, she became a member of the Order of Australia. The National Aboriginal and Islander Day Observance Committee named Mum Sheryl as Aborigine of the Year in 1990. Get it, girl. Right. And just a few months before her death, the National Trust acknowledged her as an Australian national living treasure. 
Oh, isn't that just so sweet? Yeah. Like, she truly was. Like, this, she's a saint. Mm-hmm. Because she spent a lot of her time as a child getting care from the community around her. Not only mm-hmm. her family, but other Aboriginal people in her community. Mm-hmm. She felt a deep connection to to these people and wanted to give back. Mm-hmm. And so she spent her whole life doing that and giving yeah. what she could to her community. And all different types of people, too. Like, yes. just every, like, anybody who's consider- considered, like, vulnerable, she was there Absolutely. and helping them. Absolutely. And amazing. Like, later in her life, she helped her brother open, uh, like, a rehab center mm-hmm. for drugs and alcohol. She volunteered at her church and just everything. All of, every, like you said, everyone who would have otherwise been looked past Mm -hmm. or you know like oh they're a criminal Mm -hmm. they don't you know they don't deserve this or that she really she really took after those you know took care of those people later in her adult life her epilepsy became a problem again her doctors and friends advised her to stop working so hard and take it easy but she was stubborn and was determined to continue after several concerning seizures, she suffered a heart attack while working at the Aboriginal Medical Service mm-hmm. and was hospitalized for seven months. Mum Cheryl passed away on April 28, 1998. Her funeral service was attended by hundreds of people whose lives she had touched and a number of Australian dignitaries. Two years after her death... Bronwyn Bancroft and the Bumali Aboriginal Artists Cooperative organized a tribute exhibition of artworks in her honor. On July 8, 2018, Mumsha was featured in a Google Doodle in honor of the National Aboriginal and Islander Day of Observance Committee. Mm-hmm. So, in, in honor of that week mm-hmm. and that year, the theme was because of her, we can. Oh yeah, that's so nice. Mm-hmm. This is such a nice story, <laughs> isn't it? Uh, it's it, it really is. It really is. Um, most recently, in July of 2019, Gordon Siren, the guy who I had talked about before, former inmate, current respected artist, mm-hmm. like he, I think he served like a decade in prison, and when he came out, he learned how to paint, mm-hmm. and completely turned his life around and became like a painter and then taught at an art school. So he showed an exhibit called Mum Cheryl, Black Saint of Redfern at the Cooey Art Gallery in Sydney. His wife Elaine also contributed photographs that she had captured while traveling the country with the sainted lady. And this is a quote from her. We need to remember Mum Cheryl because she was an unusual person. She cared about the history of and what's going to happen to her people, culture, language, and traditions. And that's the end. That was so nice. Isn't it just... That's just like she was a good person doing good things and everybody saw 
that she was a good person right. doing good things and she was getting support. Mm-hmm. She was helping people. A bunch of people were coming together in the name of her. They're mm-hmm. still getting together in the name of her. That's like the most satisfying story we've ever told on this Isn't story. It? It's so sweet and like good all the way through. Yeah. I, Great job. Thank you. I really was looking for a feel-good story, mm-hmm. something to give me a little bit of hope, something to, like, wrap my arms around and be like, this is nice. This is good. This is, like, wholesome and, like, feels happy. Yeah. And so it was like, this this woman is, she's truly a fucking gem. Just, she was just incredible. I was really inspired by her her compassion her endless compassion and it was like it was like an an infectious compassion yes because everybody else around her like that's one of the like high points of that whole story was just that everybody was coming together with Mm -hmm. her Mm -hmm. and like behind her and supporting her and yeah it was good that's what we need thank you well if you want your um, day to continue on that note, <laughs> do we need to stop pause, here? Pause this here and Shit. maybe come back and finish tomorrow. <laughs> I almost feel I hate going second because it's like the tone is set and it's either like, oh, how am I You're supposed to follow this telling up? <laughs> me. Do you know how many times when we record, I sit there and go... Well, you just talked about the lovely sister Elizabeth Kenny, and then I swoop in. And I'm like, typhoid Mary <laughs> fucked people up. <laughs> so many times. This is, this is going to be one of those episodes where it's like emotional roller coaster. Yeah, like, right at the top. We told that's, you that's what was happening. That's the theme of life right now. It sure the hell is. And we, our podcast reflects life. So get ready for this fucking ride. <laughs> I'm going to talk to you today about Malin Matt's daughter. And my sources are humanistcenter.com, The spell di- Spellbinding Stories of Six Historic Witches by Miss Selenia Ooh. from mentalfloss.com, a book called Whispers in the Church by Charlene Hansen Jordan, which is okay. a great name. That really <laughs> is a good name. And a book called Witch Days by Patricia Della Pignana. Perfect. And then uh, Wikipedia. Because fuck you, Sage. Yeah, new year, new me. I'm not gonna care what Sage thinks. Who cares about his opinion? Watch <laughs> me use Wikipedia. It's Boom. a good source. It's a good source to get sources. That's exactly what it is. It's a good starting point. They mm-hmm. got a good framework. Yep. Donate to Wikipedia. That's right. You got a couple bucks. Donate mm-hmm. to them and mm-hmm. then become our patron. Yeah. Also that. Uh huh. We'll send you a pin and a sticker and a sticker. If we'll you, give you if some you shout outs. Enough. <laughs> if you give us enough money we'll give you some cool shit in return exactly that's how that works <laughs> okay tell me about some witches okay context time mm-hmm. before i begin with old malin matt's daughter okay so we've heard of the salem witch trials yes yes we'll have you heard of the great noise no so for those of you who don't know including you and including me before i did this The Great Noise is the name of the era of witch trials in Sweden that took place between 1668 and 1676. Oh. Where over 200 people in Sweden were condemned to death for witchcraft. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Not a great time. No, it sounds real bad. (laughs) 
What was happening and leading up to all these deaths is fucked up as per usual with mm-hmm. witch hunts. <laughs> um, most of the charges were brought forth because children were like, she's a witch and she's a witch. Mm. And then the adults were like, yeah, she's because a witch. Those are reliable sources. Yeah. We Thanks. should believe children. Assholes. But also, uh, maybe take some grain of salt when exactly. they're accusing <laughs> exactly. people of being witches. Exactly. When they tell you that a tomato talked to you, but that also that that woman is a witch, yeah. maybe there needs to be some more investigation. Yeah. And, and, like, not, and there was some investigations, but, but not, not good. Not good. Not reliable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly not given 100% accurate <laughs> results. Yeah. So there was mass hysteria that children were being taken to Blacula, which is a meadow where the devil hung out on Earth. Naturally. And seduced by his evil charms, children participated in like black masses and pagan rites. And obviously mm. this was not good. In that society. And Blackula, where the devil hung out, is believed to only be reached by magical flight, usually on an enchanted object or on an animal. Mm-hmm. So it was only possible that they were getting there by witches. Oh, on their broomsticks. Yeah. Gotcha. Or on their... There was one... Magic I goats. I didn't put it in, but a guy accused another person of being a witch and was like she's definitely a witch she rode me with my son and her on my back to Bakula <laughs> and I was like what a fucking dumbass I would have believed a goat I don't believe that a whole ass man was like I cor- corroborate this story she's a witch like come on oh no <laughs> come on <laughs> Pissed. I'm mad. Jesus. Um, in 1668, the great noise began in full force. So before then, there was some like whisperings of this happened. Mm-hmm. But then 1668, it really took off with 18 people being sentenced to death by decapitation. Oh, my God. And then the hysteria then spread throughout Sweden. The climax of the witch hunt occurred in the nor- northern province of Angermanland. Oh, very good. <laughs> Thank you. Probably wrong. Um, (laughs) Where in 1675, 71 people, 65 of whom were women, were tried and executed. Mm -hmm. In total, in that province, in that parish, they might be the same thing. I don't Uh know. About one fifth of all of the women were falsely accused of (gasps) witchcraft and a majority of them being decapitated. Wow. Wasn't good. (laughs) Before each execution, all the witches had to confess to their crimes in front of spectators and judges. And they all did. But of course, they were being tortured beforehand. So it was like, confessions under torture, not a confession. That sounds like a little bit of duress. Yeah. Probably not accurate. Probably. You call me crazy, but you'd think that maybe they were going, yes, yes, I'm a witch. Right. Because they were like, oh my God, I'd rather die than endure this. Right. And it was probably more like leading questions. So it was like, oh, I'm sure. Did you, did you do this and do like blah, blah, blah? Yes. Yeah. You beat me with a stick for a day. Right. I've been on a rack for three days. My limbs are all disjointed now. Mm-hmm. You've burned me. You've <laughs> hurt me. I'm no longer in the right space of mind. Oh, no. Anyways. Also, 
fuck that patriarchal bullshit. Mm. Oh. A whole, a fifth. A fifth of the women. Yeah. How are you, what are you going to do now? With one fifth of your women gone? That's, that's so much. That's so much. <laughs> so That's much. one out of every five women in that community being beheaded. For being a witch, because some little booger nosed asshole was <laughs> was like, she's a witch. Oh, done and done. Like what? Uh, I have a real, a real <laughs> issue with all of this. I really turned the pace around on mm-hmm. <laughs> with this. Remember how I was in a great mood? You should have let me go first. <sighs> That's not how this works. Okay, that's the context. Now I'm going to talk about good old Malin Matt's daughter. Awesome. Who was alive for all of the great noise, but then not alive for life after that, mm-hmm. which is just a very convoluted way to say that she was the last person executed <laughs> during the great noise. I was like, she lived through the whole thing. What, she get the flu and die? Like, what happened? No. Nope. <laughs> she was just, it just like ended with her. And that's uh, that's how they record it. Okay. So, Malin Mott's, Matt's daughter was born in 1613. Not a day or month recorded. We don't know. Mm-hmm. So I can't say what sign she is. I assume she's an Aries. I, you know what? I was literally just going to be like, I bet she's an Aries. She's got some hot-headedness in her that I'm like, I see that. It seems accurate. <laughs> I know that. Um, she was believed to be of Finnish descent. Hmm. But then ended up in Sweden. And there's really nothing more on that in her early life. Fair. She married a man named Eric Nilsson and had two daughters with him, Anna Eric's daughter and Maria Eric's daughter. Fun fact, the last name of women in Sweden at this time was often just their father's first name mm-hmm. followed by the word daughter. Mm-hmm. So that's why Matt's daughter. It's just Matt's daughter. That's how and they do it in Iceland. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. I just I'm I'm merely saying that because I I was when we went to Iceland a couple years ago, we were both like, well, that's got to be confusing, right? There's only so many Sven's son. <laughs> How many Sven's we got? I'm you know pretty what I mean? sure every almost everybody in Sweden was <laughs> named Eric. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. It's it seems like a very confusing system, but not confusing at the same time. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure they knew they it's kept cool. track. Yeah, not yeah. a lot of people there. There was quite a lot of people. No, there. I'm talking about. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm talking about Iceland. Not oh, a lot okay. of people in Iceland. <laughs> I was like, Sweden has a population <laughs> like that's significant enough. I think, right? Yeah. There's Zurich. That's in, in Switzerland. Switzerland. <laughs> that's definitely Switzerland. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm going to stop talking now. I get... That's fair. I get them switched around all the time. I'm always like, don't ask me about this conflict. I'm Sweden. And she's like, (laughs) Danny's like, that's the wrong country. (laughs) Can you... But can you imagine if you did that as a way to like, I don't want to rock the boat, but I'll say the wrong country and it's the side that I'm on. (laughs) Kind of deal. (laughs) But it was just like a huge trick and yep. people just think you're dumb, but you're really smarter than the whole room. That's, you got it. I see what you're doing. You. 
That's your plan. That was your plan. I just need everybody else to fucking get on board. <laughs> I'm brilliant, everyone. <laughs> just need everyone else to see it. <laughs> I see it. Thank you. Eye contact. <laughs> Serious eye contact. <laughs> Jesus. I'm gonna look away now. Um, so Eric, getting back to the story. Uh-huh. Malin's husband had a job making nails. Mm. The things that you hammer. And oh. Malin herself was probably a midwife. It's not really known. It's also not known whether they were poor, rich, or middle class. But I doubt that it's the middle class one because it didn't exist back then. That's right, it didn't. They did own a house, though. So they weren't destitute. Mm-hmm. But I don't think they were very rich. Yeah. History, when it's not written down or recorded or in English for me to read... <laughs> um, Hard to get through, I'll, I'll admit. <laughs> There's a lot of conjecture that can be that can yeah. be made here. They lived a pretty typical life okay. until 1668. It's not what you think. Her husband was executed after he was reported to be having a sexual relationship with a cow. That's right, he <gasps> fucked a cow. <laughs> I was not expecting that. You were very correct. I was like... Having a sexual relationship with, I was like, oh, the priest, uh, <laughs> the mayor, anybody. And the, nope. It was almost Bessie. A, yep. It was almost a mare. It's a horse. <laughs> <laughs> Bovine, equine, tomato, tomato. <laughs> uh, God, we're brilliant. <laughs> I'm so on my knees. Are, my knee pits are so sweaty. I gotta stretch my legs out. <laughs> she really just opened up. Do you like up. my mane of leg hair? Can you see it? I cannot. It looks all blonde. I mean, it is, but there's a lot of it. I cannot. I'm sorry. Continue. Cri- uh, cow fucking. Yes. Yep. <laughs> uh, the crime had been reported by Malin's eldest daughter, Anna. She was 13 years old at the time. And... Maybe he didn't fuck the cow, but maybe he did because she reported him after her and Maria, her sister, had been brought home Mm -hmm. after running away because they were being beaten so badly by their father. Mm -hmm. And then their father demanded that Malin also beat them. Mm -hmm. So it was like, bad things are happening. Mm -hmm. And it was an abuse. Yeah. Of the fucking, Anna said, God knows mother beats and you beats and I shall no longer remain silent. Such a sin you have committed all the time standing on a chair over our black cow like a rooster over a hen. Oh, no. That is descriptive. Yeah. And he was executed. (laughs) That's that was that. Malin remarried after that and her two daughters moved out of their home. Malin probably continued on with her typical life again. However, this wouldn't last. In 1676, Malin, Matt's daughter, was accused as being a witch Mm -hmm. by her youngest daughter, Maria. Maria's report stated, quote, The true daughter of Romper Malin, Maria, Eric's daughter, age 19, were called upon and confessed that she had the same night been abducted by Anna, wife of Staffan, who sells beer at Delaro, to whom she had lost, ga- lost at games by her mother. Last Easter evening, her mother allegedly said to her, My daughter, do you wish to follow me and we will make people out of you? Thereafter, she began to take her every night to Blacula. 
uh, the second time upon a man. Oh, they rode. Yeah, piggyback. <laughs> Confessed aside that her mother always had bad language, cursed, used ugly words, and particularly on great holy days. So that was so. To summarize, please do. Malin and another woman in town, Anna, wife of Staffan, mm-hmm. had been taking children together, and I'll say this later. It's not really in there, but they used the children as like gambling tokens. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you my youngest you can't throw that rock farther than I can. <laughs> but basically it was like we're going to play games. Uh, I'll bet this kid. That's fucking hysterical. And they would <laughs> and they would bring them to the Devil's Meadow to do this. Okay. And then also her mom cursed and said curse words on holy days she said shit on sunday yeah that makes her a witch yeah well i'm in trouble (laughs) (laughs) oh yeah (laughs) i'm in trouble everyone in this room straight to hell and also another clarifying point Mm -hmm. she's referred to as rumpera malin which was just a nickname used during the court proceedings which translates to stupid malin fuck those guys it's a mean name and i'm not gonna use it good i said it in the quote And so that's why I'm not going to keep saying it. Yeah. And also, can you just imagine going to trial for something and the judge was like, okay, stupid Cassie, (laughs) (laughs) what's, how do you plead? (laughs) That's some real bullshit is what that is. Yeah. And I, and I don't know when stupid, stupid used to mean like differently abled. Yeah. Like that's the, that's Uh, what they, yeah. So maybe Mm -hmm. Valen was. A disabled woman, mm-hmm. but also, you don't need to call her for real. Don't fucking shade her like that. That, first of all, rude. Right. Second of all, unnecessary. Third of all, why would you piss off somebody you thought was a witch? For real. I'm sorry. If I think anybody is gonna potentially put a hex on me, I'm gonna be real nice to that person. Yeah. And I'm gonna ask them to put hexes on other people. Exactly. Anyways, <laughs> I was like, why are you kind of like bobbing your head over towards I Danny? Was, I, no, no. <laughs> that was just my thinking. <laughs> I was tilting my head to think because there's a few people I would put some hexes on. But I won't mention them by name. <clears throat> Sage. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I think we've already put a hex on Sage accidentally, maybe. I have. We do say fuck you every episode we record. But that's not a hex. Is it? No. Back to the story. Malin was called in, questioned, tortured, hmm. but she never confessed. At the trial, she was then asked to read the Lord's Prayer, but she had a difficult time reading it. And. Trouble with reading was uncommon since the Swedish Church Ordinance of 1571, which stated that every citizen, regardless of class or sex, was by law required to be able to read. Oh, wow. And so it was specifically so they could read the Bible. Mm -hmm. But because she couldn't read, it was like... She, it's because she can't read the Lord's Prayer. Mm-hmm. They didn't test any other texts. Of course they didn't. Um, <laughs> She's like, give me, uh, Mary had a little lamb. I'll read that shit to you. Right. No problem. But like maybe she, and 
let's be real. Some people just have trouble reading for a number of reasons. Absolutely. Maybe Malin needed glasses. Maybe she had dyslexia. Mm-hmm. Maybe she mostly spoke Finnish because she was Finnish. <laughs> <laughs> and she shouldn't have been reading out, reading out of a Swedish book. Maybe she's just like me and just has trouble saying basic words. <laughs> Whatever the case, not being able to read the Lord's Prayer shouldn't have been a, mm-hmm. anything. But that was strike one. Okay. The Swedish love baseball. It's <laughs> <laughs> not true. I was like, really? For a second, I believed you. I'm using the strike system. So, again at the trial, Maria, her daughter, Mm -hmm. testified and at one point claimed that the devil was standing right next to Malin in that very court, whispering in her ear to never confess. Hmm. This claim was... I'm sorry. She can see the devil? Yeah. Sounds like she's the witch. Mm. It's because because she's been to the devil's meadow. Oh. And then this claim that she saw the witch next to Malin was supported by two other children in the court. And this caused a huge thing. And then Malin was ordered to pray again. It took her 11 prayers to successfully read through it all. And then Maria was like, oh, we're good now. The devil's gone. Mm -hmm. But then it was like, oh, the devil was next to her and the prayer worked. Strike two. And then at Malin's trial, there was another woman being accused of witchcraft, which was Anna, who I mentioned earlier. Oh, yes. And her nickname was fucking Tisk Anika, which translates to German Anna. Can you believe you're being called stupid and the other one just gets called German? Why couldn't you just be called Finnish? <laughs> right? Finnish Malin. Finnish Malin. Perfect. Done. German Anna. Cool. Yeah. Also, maybe that's how they got around Italian every- Danny. <laughs> Micronesian Kiana. Mm. Cassie. European. We'll just say European. <laughs> I got a little of everything. European Cassie. See? See how my, See if that's all we're going to do? A little more acceptable than stupid Malin. <laughs> uh, can you imagine if we started going by that? That would it be It would be like, a you mouthful. know, crazy ex-girlfriend, white Josh. <laughs> <laughs> yes! <laughs> Anywho. The children in court testified that these two women were using them as gambling chips and um, swapped ownership between them. Anna, under torture, confessed to being a witch. Malin did not. However, Anna confessed to all of the crimes against her, against Malin, meaning that being accused by witchcraft by a witch Mm -hmm. makes you a witch. Mm -hmm. So that was strike three. Not that she needs any more strikes, but Malin also worked for a woman who was already executed for witchcraft. And so it was like, oh, she hangs out with witches. This witch just called her a witch. She can't read. She's stupid. Mm -hmm. Let's just charge her. And that's what they did. That sounds apropos. Yeah. At the trial, she was found guilty, though she never confessed. And she did say at the testimony to her daughters, my God, let them go to Blackula forever. Which just, she just told them to go to hell. (laughs) She then accused her daughters of a bad lifestyle in the court. And then when they asked her to specify, she answered with, she answered with such language that her answers were never in fact written down because they were offensive to decent ears. (laughs) Love her. The court then asked Maria if she was trying to have her mother executed in order to inherit the house. 
but oh. she denied it. Of course she did. But they believe her, but not... Anyways, mm-hmm. you know. As I said earlier, Malin never confessed. This is very important. Okay. Because if you didn't confess, typically, you weren't executed. Like, you had to confess. Mm-hmm. If you were found guilty for being a witch, they would maybe torture you for a really long time and then mm-hmm. make you hang out in a church mm-hmm. if you didn't confess. But... In Malin's case, she was so adamant in her denial that it was believed that the devil was assisting her and it made her look even more guilty. Isn't that convenient? So convenient. (laughs) Oh, Lord. So the execution took place August 5th, 1676. She was sentenced to burn at the stake at Haymarket Square in Stockholm. Malin was executed with German Anna, but so Anna was at the execution. Anna was crying. She was reading her prayers. She was asking for the Lord's forgiveness. And so because she confessed, she was rewarded with a quick death and was decapitated. Oh. Like all the other Mm -hmm. witches in the past. Witches in quotes. Mm -hmm. Malin was given the chance to confess one more time at the execution, but she refused to do so. Because she did this, instead of being decapitated, she would be burned alive, making her the only woman in Sweden to be burned alive as punishment for sorcery. According to witnesses, Malin was unwavering. Quote, she did not seem to fear death much, courageously mounting the stake. And even the official execution protocol noted that she was very tough. She spoke calmly with the executioner, allowing him to fasten her with iron by her hands and feet and a bag of gunpowder that was placed around her neck to hasten her death. So instead of having her suffer, the the bag, yeah, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, She talked back to the priests with her head held high when they pleaded with her to acknowledge her sin. But she was like, I'm fucking innocent. Deuces. Good for her. Her daughter then cried out and was like, appeal for your say you're guilty and mm-hmm. they'll give you a quick death and then Malin just, just again was like fuck you go to hell and then she was executed <laughs> and it tradition claims that Malin did not scream and just died in silence like oh a strong gosh. silence which again at the time was like oh she doesn't feel pain uh-huh. so she was definitely a witch mm-hmm. However, it is believed that the man who executed her, his name is Urban Hargin, probably wrong. It's two consonants really close together that aren't (laughs) usually together. (laughs) He found her death to be particularly gruesome and began actively trying to end the witch executions. Oh, shit. (laughs) On September 11th, 1676, Urban, I'll call him by his first name Mm -hmm. because I'm not going to butcher his last name again. He was like, you know... We're going to question the accusers a little more closely. Oh, weird. What a thought. And then guess what happened? (laughs) Uh, One witness broke down in court and then it was (gasps) dominoes and they all were just like, yeah, we lied. So the rest of the accused witches were set free and then three of the main children witnesses so if you want to look into the great noise there were like a set three people Mm -hmm. three children who were like and she's a witch and she's a witch and she's a witch um they were executed (laughs) (laughs) for lying 
And this included Malin's daughter. <gasps> wow. So <laughs> Malin's daughter was executed. Karma's a real bitch. Yeah. Malin's end was the turning point for the great noise. And from her death on, the cases dried up, existing sentences were overturned, and the clergy were summoned and had to announce that the witches had been driven out of Sweden. Not that we made a mistake. <laughs> How convenient. They all left. They were so scared. <laughs> Malin was the last witch killed in the Great Noise, and only one more woman was ever executed for witchcraft, but that was in 1704, and that was the last person. And that's Malin. What a story. Two things. Mm-hmm. Anything that has to do with, like, witch trials and the persecution of women Mm -hmm. because someone said they're a fucking witch Mm -hmm. is fascinating and makes me so angry (laughs) yeah two i am absolutely i feel like the executioner who is just like shook to my fucking core Mm -hmm. that despite having an opportunity at the very end to save herself Mm -hmm. like an Uns- it, it like can't even wrap your brain around an amount of fucking pain mm-hmm. because I tell you what I got a burn <laughs> I got a steam burn mm-hmm. on my arm and it hurts so goddamn bad yeah. and that was like strictly epidermis <laughs> like <laughs> like there was no deep there's no there's no deep burning that's happening there burns hurt so goddamn bad mm-hmm. and she had the opportunity to lie and mm-hmm. say yeah sure i'm a witch just cut my fucking head off mm-hmm. and instead stood there fucking stone <laughs> ass cold and just yeah l- stared into these people's eyes without and- making a sound and before oh that she was like Fuck the jury. Fuck the judge. Fuck you specifically, Maria, my daughter. <laughs> yeah. Like, she knew she... She was a stubborn lady. She was a stubborn lady. And then I did want... I forgot to put this in. But a memorial stone was put in, not where she died, but uh-huh. where the where one-fifth of the... Oh, uh-huh. Yeah. Where one-fifth of them were executed. And it's a, on a place called Witch Mountain. Mm. And there is a stone that's inscribed. It says, in 1675, witches' pyres burnt here. Women died, men judged. The belief of the time befalls man. Ooh, that's deep. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Very good. That was a very good story. I had never heard of The Great Noise. I had n- I'd never heard of it either. I listened, I briefly listened to, I listened to a podcast about like witches in America mm-hmm. and and about the Salem witch trials, which I think was really really fascinating. And I obviously we all know it happened all over Europe. Yeah, but I've never heard of that. That's cr- I'm still wrapping my brain around that fucking number, like mm-hmm. one in five women mm-hmm. in that parish. In that, but still two hundred like, people in total. Yeah. Like, it's a fifth of your fucking population gone. Yeah. Because of like <laughs> stupid, stupid shit. Stupid shit. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was that on that. That was way to go. That was a really good episode. We we went up, we went down, we went back up, and then we came down again. 
It's a roller coaster, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <what> this is. <laughs> well, hopefully everyone enjoyed this with we because we're using our brand new mm-hmm. gadgets and gizmos. Mm-hmm. Hopefully they're you know you like the sound of us, even though I sound like shit. <laughs> I sound so sexy. So. Everybody loves my voice all the time. <laughs> Men tell me when I speak to them, erect. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. Because <laughs> it's funny. That's the second time we've said erect in two hours. <laughs> oh, so if you like us, if you if you're if you're into this, if you're erect, if you're erect. <laughs> Go ahead and follow us on our social media accounts. Mm-hmm. Oh, they are on, on Facebook and Instagram. We are at that Broads Got Moxie and on Twitter at Broads Got Moxie. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you have anything you want to say to us, go ahead and email us. We have an email address. It's that Broads Got Moxie at gmail.com. That's right. And make sure you rate, review, and subscribe wherever you're listening. Give mm-hmm. us those five stars. Tell us how much you enjoy our content, our our new sound, mm-hmm. our key, you know, you can stay up to date with us and hear about Keeks' album coming out next year. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Look, no one's going to hold you to it. It's fine. You're a busy bitch. That's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's all. I think that's... Mm. Bye. Bye. Music by Sage Krenning. Cover art by Vinny Navarrete. Produced and edited by Danielle Barsanti. Side effects of listening to this podcast may include excessive moxie, zero tolerance for the patriarchy, sass mouth, excessive sweating, tipsy tittering, desire to stick it to the metaphorical man, fear of cats, empowering women, clammy hands and feet, the inability to do math, lack of patience for the bullshit, thirst for knowledge, questioning the system, cravings for bougie chicken, vodka, and justice, and in some cases can cause death on hills.